This is slam poem. Later, like the poems are like you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one naked moment that never crossed I am the spinner. I am the poet. I am the industrial revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. This week's Keizu Slam cast is part two of part one of our first SummerSlam Invitationals. In the summer of 2001, we invited poets from Ann Arbor and Detroit and Grand Rapids and Chicago to Kalamazoo for two nights in preparation for the National Poetry Slam that took place in Seattle, Washington. This round of Poetry Slam includes poetry from Jeffrey Paul St. John, Sharon Bell, Mike Dykstra, Greg Bliss, Dan Stevens, Todd Bannon, Chuck Perkins, Finn Kobe, and we kick things off with a couple of tunes from Brooke Pridemore. Well, you better wipe that shit-eating grin off your face, because this is a sad one. Plus, if you're eating shit and grinning about it, it's probably not your day anyway. The spill was playing on my stereo It's 3am and you're still dancing on my bedroom floor One more time I did not get to say goodbye I'll be on the other side If you're going to the other side Can you take me with you? Cause I said that I want to live in this world I don't want to live in this world I don't want to live in this
This is the end of you, it might just be the end of me. I could take the pills away and you can have the light. Somebody took the day away and I cannot stand the night. If you're going to the other side Can you take me with you? Cause I said that I Don't want to live in this world I don't want to live in this world Can you take me with you? Cause I said that I don't want to live in this world. I don't want to live in this world. one and then I'll do a slow one because I'm being self-indulgent tonight. Hey, did you got more money than just for that beer? Because I don't have any money and I've been jiffing for a beer all night. I'm going to pay. Uh, do free? Nah, I'll do this one though. 
Evan Lee was at the show last week. It was 11.45 on a Monday. Think all the beers I bought you. I was at the end of my rope. Smoking two charms at once. And I said, you gotta see, it's not just me. Everybody wants to be. Taking on your trip, gotta know you think I've flipped. Please buy me a beer. Was down at Soul Coffee Singing the songs about how we do it again And everyone was talking, man And no one really cared too much Said, my God, I'm thinking about giving up And I said, but you gotta see It's not just me Everybody wants to be Taking on your trip, God, I know you think I've flipped But who looks good on you, too? Jason Watts is down at OP. It's like $300 in debt. Some bastard towed away his car. He didn't even have enough money for even like a Munich Red. And I said, but you gotta see, not just me. Everybody wants to be. Taking on your trip, gotta know you think I flipped. But blue looks good on you too When I was like 17 I didn't even want to get out of bed I was writing songs that no one cared about like this one I was singing things like this Will there be, will there be Someone to take care of me Anyone be hip to my stupid ass trip? Does blue look good on you too? Take me on your trip, gotta know you think I've flipped. Does blue looks good on you too? I'm going to play one more song, and then there's going to be more poetry, which I think is really what you guys are here for anyway. But uh, this uh, song is off my CD, which is for sale back there. And if you buy it, um, it's 10 bucks. If you buy it, that's three beers that I can buy. <laughs> and more importantly, it's got 11 songs on it that are all, well, very, very good. And uh, this, uh, this last song is off the CD. It's one that my drumming friend Jeff Potter played on. Uh, he does a really, draws a really good cartoon for the Western Herald, too. It's called Roman, and uh, he's an accomplished director, and he wouldn't buy me a beer. Uh, it's called I'm All Right.
I'm alright. I got a second story flat. I got three pairs of jeans and no visible scars. I'm alright, no, there's no love in the room for me. But I got mad neuroses. I'm alright, got mad poets down at Craft Brow tonight. I got Tracy, Dawn, and Carrie, and Melanie, and uh, James. I got that love for Chip with a broken guitar. I can't wear sunglasses, but I got Lou Reed cool. And this heard you say it's wonderful. Well, I don't know about that. Cause if you ask me twice to tell you I'm alright. I got three dollars and I got a pack of cigarettes I finally got a goddamn beer, I'm alright I got the ghost of Lou Reed and he's not even dead I got a savior in Don Sailor I'm alright and this world you say is wonderful Well, I don't know about that Cause if you ask me twice to tell you if you ask me twice, I'll tell you I'm alright. Everybody's, there's a part everybody's got to sing along on coming up. I know you all know the words. It's coming up in just a second, okay? It's a sing along part. I want to write a stupid pop song. I'm gonna get myself a drum machine. Gonna write a stupid 4-4 chorus Want all the little kids to sing along Like this, this is where you sing My loneliness is killing me I know it's crazy but I still believe When you're not with me I lose my mind Give me a sign, give me a hit me baby One more time, time Yeah, 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 yeah I'm alright just like you're alright Seeing invisible scars that hurt the most Bleeding from both wrists and conscious on the bathroom floor I caught myself thinking about you again I'm alright and this word you say is wonderful well, I don't know about that if you ask me twice, I'll tell you If you ask me twice, I'll tell you I said If you ask me twice, I'll tell you I'm alright I'm alright, I'm alright Oh yeah, right. If your world's so goddamn wonderful Then why's it gotta be so hard? Thanks a lot.
All right, what'd y'all think of Brooke? Come on, make some noise for Brooke. I figured, you know, why stick a CD on when you've got live entertainment? And Brooke is all the way live, for sure. He's got CDs for sale back at the merchandise table, and so do a lot of poets. If you like what you hear tonight, train, train. I've got microphone trouble. There we go. We're ready now. I'm ready. Are you ready? Come on. Are you ready? We got one more round of poetry to go. We're only halfway there. And tomorrow night, we're going to be doing it again. So come back if you like what you heard. Emceeing our second bout of the evening will be the great Eric Daniels from Ann Arbor. Is he ready? Come on, guys. I know you you smoked cigarettes, you got beer. Let's hear you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Quiet down. I suck. Who <laughs> dog? Okay, so one of my actual friends is here. Real quick, and then we're going to get to our sec. Or, um, uh, excuse me, calibration poets. <clears throat> our order is first up: Chuck Perkins, Scott Klein, Greg Bliss, Kim Kobe, Tim with two M's. Dan Stevens, Mike Dykstra, and Tan Bannon. Dykstra! Dykstra, Mike Dykstra. I'm sorry. All right. So, does anybody really want to hear some poetry? All right. Well, if you don't want to hear any poetry, then keep listening to me. So, do you want to hear some poetry? All right. So, let's bring up our first calibration poet. He's come. Not a long way, but a little way to read for you here tonight. His name is Jeffrey Paul St. John. Please give him a hand. This is a true story, and it's called Doorbells. So I drove by her place last night. In my mind, lifetimes apart addressing darkness while we's just settling on night. Too late to catch, see, that staircase set me down like that porch-lit moon abound. I found that the emptiness of afterthought would get me what I wanted. See, an ocean's avalanche is afterthought. After all, I never even saw it coming. See, moonlight never mentioned how much sickness motions madness while often autumn answers while this ink spills this sudden sadness. 
So hold the kiss that split the sunrise, not once, but twice. See, I need rubber on these smiles, baby. You know the kind you find on the bottom of coffee cups on dashboards that long distance drive. Yeah, I drove by her place last night. But she couldn't see me out front in the yard. I was like a bottle I placed up under her tire. No, 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 no. She wouldn't see me out front in the moonlight. I was lit up on this love. Pass me by. Out front in the yard, like another bottle I placed up under her tire. See, I's just been hanging around, tending I's a mobile, thought I'd stumble on in symbolic and wire her up a brand new doorbell so as to let her know the next time I might be coming around. But there wasn't a single sound. She was screaming, I was screaming, what happened to all the sound that we'd found between us? But there wasn't a single sound. The only sound of abscess is retreat, the way absence gathers angels, making madmen of us all like carving fools with paper scissors, leaves us drunk and desperate. This, our very last call. Yeah, so I drove by her place last night in my mind. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. All right, now comes the hard part. That sort of quadratic equation math type stuff that I really <laughs> fucked up in high school. That's scoring. Now y'all are gonna have to hold them up real high because I can't see any of them at all. <laughs> Judges scores, please. Man, this is a problem. In no particular order whatsoever, I have an 8.8, an 8.4, an 8.9, a 7.8, and a 9.7 for Jeffrey Paul St. John. Now, Jeffrey has his own show way back in Plymouth, Michigan. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place, but it sucks. Um... But his show is great. It's called I Hate Mondays. It's every Monday night at a place called uh, The Coffee Bean. The Coffee Bean. 26.1. A 26.1 for Jeffrey Paul. Give him another round of applause. And keep that going for our second sac calibration poet of the night. Ooh, it's a judge. It's Sharon Bell. Give her a round. Okay, I haven't done this in like eight months, so I'm gonna take advantage of this microphone that no one's gonna take away from me, and I'm doing two. One is a ditty, and one is a slam. The ditty was written on a Greyhound going through Oklahoma, and for lack of a better name, I'm calling it Oklahoma, and it goes like this. And the earth, burnt red orange, almost a sun-dried tomato, lay vast and exposed before me. Her golden and crinkle crust tilled under, leaving miles of Mars rocks to bake in the sun. How easy it is for me to imagine the Dust Bowl hellhole it was for the Okies. Rock hard and dirty. Even the trees here are scraggly and yellowing. Okay, that's the ditty. And... 
And this is one of the latest slams I wrote. It's called Lyrics of Life, and it goes like this. Because it's that intrinsic infusion of poetry and motion that's got me going, you know what I mean? Even watching random scenes, my soul can sing because by really realizing the resonance of the resonant living beings, I can take joy in their harmonies and the solace that they can bring for. Though we all make our own choices, I know that somewhere on some level we have unanimous inner voices. Each know the childlike cry of want or need, the little green monsters of jealousy and greed, fathering pride and virgin innocence. All these things are found within us, and it is these things that prove to be the wings, the archetypes of the soul that let good poetry grow, the things that we all know, the music, the sound, the words that allow poetry profound. Poetry that grows in our minds, that goes beyond time, that isn't defeated by dialect or distance. Poetry that is appreciated for decades of instance, written with those lyrics of life that I seek, those lyrics of life that I hear in the voices of each new face that I meet for. Each has their own song, each has their own beat. And I, the poet, listen. Thank you, Sharon. My hands would be stone if it weren't for the fire that burns in my chest, branding my heart with the spirit of the one who creates rainbows. And my hands would be butterflies if it weren't for the fire that burns in my chest, branding my heart with the spirit of the one who makes war. I'm an army of opposites at war with myself. My gut is a battleground of duality. I'm, a, I'm the freak of the alchemist. The double-edged fire that burns in my chest is fueled by passion and horseshit. When Jesse got 99 years, I laughed. I looked in his son's face and cried. I shouted for women's liberation but cajoled her to fetch my coffee. Last week I stopped the fight, today I'm gonna start one. Some people ask how I got so sensitive while others wanna know what make me so mad. I shake my head at drug users but make excuses for my gin. Gonna buy my baby a lot of toys and I don't believe in Christmas. I'm a freak of the alchemist, my hands are part stone and part butterfly. I feel at home with friends on the North Shore and family in the project. I'm an ex-Marine who feels despair about hungry Iraqis, a starving artist with a four-bedroom house in the burbs, a poet who believes in censorship. I want to be liked and I don't hide my flaws. I celebrate my negritude and I never had sympathy for OJ. My star is illuminated by poetry and football. I'm a freak of the alchemist. My hands are part stone and part butterfly. That was Chuck Perkins. When the dam finally breaks and there's no high ground left to seize, there'll be nothing left to do but drown, friend. 
There's yet to be a day I don't think about drinking beer, rolling bud, dealing cards to the Catholic boys, fresh from the fall, unable to recall what turned the beat into the beatitude and left the sanctified at the slam. I am a different sort. Rocked in the cradle, wrapped up tight in the winds of God's wrath, there's not an ounce of guilt in me. Just plain old-fashioned, born-again, Pentecostal fear. If the devil don't bite you, if your parents are pleased, don't catch you. Who's to say it's not God's will? There's no cost without conviction, no confession, no contrition. Plain old-fashioned fire and brimstone will do me just fine. My friends say, it's all good. It'll all work out in the end. That when the dam finally breaks and there's no high ground left, there'll be nothing left to do but drown. And drowned I did in beer and bud and Catholic boys, unable to suppress this nagging suspicion that when we die, we're all screwed just for being an American. I can hear old St. Peter now. Yo, how many times I got to say it? You Americans get out of the light. Now, now that's not guilt. That's fear. Unlike Amadou Diallo, less than 41 shots stole my soul. When the dam finally breaks, there's nothing left to do but drown and drown we did in black microphones, bright lights, neon, digital, hip-hop, bebop, and assorted consumer goods until the dam breaks, until the vanquished turned to locusts and the executed right out of Texas behind the four horsemen of the apocalypse swinging around starved children like whips to strike out the eyes of the righteous kicking ass up one side of the street and down the other. Now that's not guilt. That's fear that when the dam breaks we will all drown. That was Scott Klein. This is Slam Poem the Musical. And I have waited for this moment, this one whining, self-defining, love-effacing, trance-embracing, dance shoelacing all my life, been waiting to give the world my single, solitary, beautiful, and redundant, self-masturbatory, self but are you ready for Slam Pull the Musical? Are you ready to sing and dance and smile and sway and smile and dance and sing and sway and dance, dance, dance your gay little hearts into the devious arms of a legion of fag-hag posers waiting to convert you backstage? Because this is Slam Pull the Musical. And we will wait up all night for tickets to your blank verse effervescence. Inspire a Slam Pull the Musical, reminding us that your tasty bad acting isn't half as pathetic as the nine weeks you took to rehearse and stage Slam Pull the Musical. Now, Slam Poem the Musical is as common as Coke. And everyone can recite every banal line of its three-hour score. In fact, we don't refer to it as Slam Poem the Musical any longer, but rather, Spit'em, the main event. <laughs> and even if you haven't seen a musical in quite some time, you will see Spit'em, the main event. Because music is important. Like, you are important. Like, the first time you walked out of Spit'em, and oh my God, I am so excited right now. All I have to say is that my favorite dance numbers are... Children shouldn't play with sarcasm, as well as don't take me like a ghost to put me in your nightmare. <laughs> and I just love how that, 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 that slam poem, the musical, is so much more than the kind of theater of the cruel that Artaud imagined when he inspired Bobby Joe McPherson III to create Spitem from his obscure novella, Nausea. 
And don't you think musicals are just like sex? Woo! And I can't wait to just sing songs at, at karaoke, all the choruses from Spinem, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday night. <laughs> and I just love how Spinem is so much more than real life. I mean, it makes me feel released and loved and forgiven and reclaimed when they sing the I Want song and everyone gets on stage and tells everyone else who isn't listening because they're too busy singing and dancing and smiling and swaying about what they want. But I tell them anyway what I want. If ever I have wanted anything, I have wanted this everlasting somethingness to never, ever, ever end. And 10 years from now, when you paw through a garage sale floor for a faded commemorative on tour Spinem t-shirt, while the local homeschool association revives the royalty-free, donation-only bass production of Spitem to include a 50-piece marching band and a 10-minute mime solo, while Bobby Joe McPherson III rise in a sweaty rehab center, clawing his way towards sobriety inch by angry inch. We'll remember how it was in the beginning, before the spin-offs. Slam poem, just the choruses, and John Tesh plays Slam live at Leadville, Colorado, and spit him on ice. Don't give in to the sham. We'll always love our jam. For one brief shining moment that was known as Slam Poem the Musical. Damn, said they, when I walked into work today, clad in black clinging dress, shoulders pulled back, chest pushed out by the only platforms in my closet tall enough to allow the length of my frock. Damn, they said. They said in hushed tones as if I couldn't hear. I didn't know she was hot. And that wasn't all they didn't know. They didn't know, for example, that I haven't done laundry in a month, that the pants they saw me in twice last week were making their fourth public appearance since they'd last known water. They didn't know I'm too broke to spring my clothes from the dry cleaner. For example, they didn't know that I was making this club kitten appearance at the office because I didn't think I'd get away with the plastic silver pants that were my only other option this morning when I rolled out of bed 18 minutes before I had to leave. And long, form-fitting black dresses with funky, chunky shoes just look silly without lipstick. And with my mouth dyed red, my eyes seem naked, so the next thing I know, I'm breaking out the liquid black eyeliner my lids haven't seen since last Halloween. They didn't know there was no time to wash the hair, but luckily I have this freaky compulsion to never leave the salon with less than $20 worth of product. So, a dab of mud, a dollop of manipulator, a lot of taffy, a touch of vinyl, a bit of grease, and a spritz of spritz later, I'm diva to the nines and only seven minutes late. <laughs> a last glance in the mirror reveals that at this point, there's really no point in modesty. So the black choker goes on before I slide into the faux fur collared and cuffed black world trench. Out the door, drive to work, and my reflection in the door as I reach for the handle demands that I do a sassy little about face, strut back to the car, and drive until I find a runway or a photographer or at least a pricey little fabulous bar where I will be loud and gorgeous all night. I ignore this and enter the narrow carpeted space between the cubicles becomes my catwalk. Feeling unusually saucy for 9 a.m., I commence my sachet toward the desk, working the ensemble for every stitch it's worth, until I hear the whispers, notice the new appreciation out of the eyes, the smiles of approval, nods of recognition. Yes, they nod. This is the kind of beauty we can see, nodding to each other and then to me as if to say, 
We knew you had it in you. We're so pleased you chose to shine. They validate my wardrobe choice with gazes that sweep from legs to hips to breasts to face to ass as I pass. They didn't know that anger flushed my face under the dusty rose blush as my mind conjured images of blazing marquees, carnival lights, neon flashing arrows pointed at me. Step right up. See the amazing, beautiful woman here. Limited time only. I push it harder now I'm walking slower in defense, forcing my steps into a straight line, causing hips and ass to sway. Resign myself to a day of stares not intended to mask intention. Gaze upon me then, drink me in. Watch the beauty myth move through the cubicles and push out of your minds six months of khakis and tees. Hairs pushed back with barrettes and scarves, overalls, always on Fridays. Ignore the dutifully hidden but inevitably noticed unshaven legs and armpits. Just pretend that the pretty but plain resident feminist has seen the light. They had seen me every day for six months, but they never saw me. They didn't know I noticed. They didn't know that I was still the same me, that they still didn't see, and that tonight, after work, I will make a trip to the laundromat, write a bad check to the dry cleaner, and never show up to work in drag again. Kim Kobe. Kim Kobe. Hello, my name is Tim, and I am a smoker. Who longs for the days when everyone was a smoker, when there was no such thing as a non-smoking section, when smoking was not only accepted, but encouraged, when ultralight meant there was a filter. I long for the time before there was a legal smoking age, back when people like me could walk down the street and hold our sexy heads up high. James Dean, rebel with a cigarette. Kerouac and Dean Moriarty left a trail of cigarette butts behind them across the open country. But that's all over. Now we are playing and persecuted by non-smokers who feel it's their job. No, their duty to inform, no, to educate, no, to enlighten the smoking community. Yes, I know that my middle and forefingers have a yellow tinge. I don't care. Yes, I know smoking causes cancer. I don't care. Yes, I know I have a congenital heart condition. I don't care. I want to smoke enough cigarettes to get the rattling rasp of Tom Waits and Sinatra, who smoked camel straights by the carton, outlived my grandpa. I laugh at the new anti-smoking campaigns. In fact, I drove all the way to Canada to buy a pack of cigarettes with a picture of a diseased lung on them, and I think it's one of my better purchase decisions this year. You want to talk equality? We have to sit at the back of the restaurants at the dirtiest tables and still put up with the mock coughing of non-smokers who got stuck just outside the smoking section. Ex-smokers are the worst. I've been there, man, but you can quit. I can help. Just give me the pack. Listen, asshole, my mom once told me that quitters never win. And God damn it, I want to be a winner. Just three more Marlboro Miles, two more Camel Cash dollars, and one more UBC symbol off a pack of basics, and I get the Philip Morris Iron Lung. I am a smoker, and I like a smoke when I wake up, before and after every meal, during every meal, in the middle of a good conversation, in the middle of a heated argument, before I go to bed, and I like a smoke best, right in the middle of some jackass's anti-smoking lecture. Don't want to smoke? Cool. Don't want to be around smoke? Leave. Ask me to put my cigarette out because you don't like the smell. Hold your breath because I'm going to smoke. Smokers everywhere, unite. Rejoice. You have a champion. I will fight for you. We can win. And if not, secondhand smoke is just as bad. We'll take them all with us. Yeah. 
This poem is for my dad and my Don. There's war out there in the world somewhere. There's fire in the sky. I'm going to try to retire in my prime just in time before the cancer sets in. See, there's commercials to see, pearls of value and wisdom. You never have to think, never need to blink about it. Dream like an American and shout it out through microphones of truth. Being relative, it's easy. There's time to be sleazy and time to be bold. There's gated communities with reasonable tax codes and decent well water. There's fluoride and chlorine and red ripe tomatoes. There's antibiotics and antibiotics and antibiotics and antibiotics. And there's at least one more chance to slap a question mark at the end of a declarative. There's green, green grass and corn cob pipes. There's cores and dunk and pop rocks and mood rings and melodies. There's long, lean legs and fingertips that soothe the sullen surface of my soul. There's sports cars and innuendos racing around with reckless abandon. There's hands and feet and pinky toes that know tenderness. There's blue skies to ascend towards and UV rays that surround us and penetrate us. There's forces at work and mysterious sightings. There's lightning and thunder and wonderful silence. And all through the maze of the haziest days, there is passion. There's a process by which an artist can be cleansed through messages and coincidences and stars that never lie. There's eclipses and rainbows and aurora borealis daydreams. There's trees to sit beneath and mountains to dream of climbing. There's mimes and jockeys posing for pictures. There's bullwhips and cockfights and rhubarb pie. There's details and circumstances with subtle strings attached. There's consequences looming and tiny resurrections. There's a thousand voices calling with a million new solutions to a half a dozen problems that will never disappear because there's poverty everywhere. There is lust and there is greed. There's corporations and politicians juxtaposing ethics and profits. There's polygraph examinations, DNA and fingerprinting, barcodes and power stations, PCP and revelations of love. There's static on these airwaves, but I have not even begun to listen close enough because Dad didn't have the words to say what in my heart I already knew. There's love to be made out there in the world, and there's fire in her eyes. I'm going to try to retire in my prime just in time before the cancer sets in. Dan Stevens. I want to do to you what spring does to the cherry trees, except in my own way, my teeth on your earlobe. The softest skin lies just below and behind your diamond pin, and I'll laugh when you twitch from the touch of my lips to the small of your back, or trace tantric tattoo designs down your spine with the pen of my thumbnail. I'll sail the ship of my tongue from the port of your nipple on the coast of your left breast, sailing slowly side to side, downwind south on warm trade winds of breath, past the equator of your waistband, to take the apex of that black lace bikini between my teeth, Pull it past your knees, let go lean, and watch as you lift one leg out 
and that black cloth circle slides silk on silk down the slope of your shin, panties pulled by gravity to hang briefly from your toe before a flick of your pedicured foot sends them silently on their way. While I in my own way, like golden rays of dawn in May, make cherry blossoms blush, bring that color to your petal-soft cheeks when I say something which the spring breeze whispered to the cherry trees in the language of nature, physically. That was Mike Dykstra. Do you have regrets? Can you remember a single moment of your existence that has forever defined you as you are today? An irrevocable action that haunts your sleepless nights, causing you to repeat over and over, if only I had, if only I had. Would you go back and make amends knowing your whole life would change? I do. And I would, if I could, go back to the corner behind that middle school, back to 13, and that greasy-haired ninth grader holding a dangerously smoldering Marlboro Red, his harsh whisper, hey, kid, you want to smoke? If I could go back to that one moment in time, I would not nervously shake my head and scamper off to Grandma's safe haven. No, instead, I would stop, look him right in the eye, and say, okay. I'd grab that cigarette with Straight fingers, take a long, smooth drag. Just like my dad used to before he quit. <laughs> but I didn't. Instead, I ran away and forever after became the nice, safe kid. The one the girls brought home to talk to their parents while they slipped out the back to make out with some hair slick back chopper riding dude named Spike or Slash. And ever since, I wanted to be that guy. I even got my ear pierced and bought myself a Harley. But I've been laughed out of every biker bar from Detroit to San Antonio. And I know why it's so easy to see the source of all my misery. From getting picked last to play basketball, to standing on the wall at the high school dances, I never learned to smoke. That's right. Smoking would have changed my life. And don't tell me about the Surgeon General's warnings or top-secret tobacco company conspiracies, because I know what every teenager knows. Smoking is cool. Smoking is cool like James Dean in a leather jacket and white t-shirt. Smoking is cool like the kids skipping class playing pinball across the street. Smoking is cool like my grandpa, three packs a day for 65 years, never quitting until finally falling off his tractor in the cherry orchards. And bans on smoking have made smoking even more cool. Smokers on smoke breaks have formed secret societies I want to join. The secrets of the world are unveiled outside of offices and non-smoking cafes. Politicians are called down in very clever ways. If everyone started smoking, world peace would break out. The Russians would bum cigarettes from the Chinese. Saddam would say and ask Bush for a light. Smoking is cool, and I want to be cool too. At 31, is it too late for me? I'm thinking of stepping up to a serious Carter Day habit by getting the patch. One, two, three. Smoking is cool and I don't need Joe Campbell. You've come a long way, baby, to let me know. I can feel the nicotine coursing through my hardening arteries now. Cancer can come tomorrow. I want to live today. Say it with me now. Smoking is cool. Well, 
Plumbing here, plumbing. Yes, citizens, plumbing. It's the latest invention to hit Rome. It moves water from one place to another. It's astounding. It's amazing. Get on the bandwagon. Pipe the shit right out of your house. Plumbing, plumbing here.